the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Guaranteed land. You're, you're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Everybody is still anxiously waiting. The Twitter IPO looks like it could open up 81%. Let's bring in Joe Doe. Joe Doe, you have a Twitter hashtag or you have a Twitter call tag that we can shout out? I do, I do. It's uh, Joe Doe, J-O-E-D-E-A-U-X. What's, give me a little perspective on your first memory of, of Twitter. <laughs> uh, I was uh, in journalism school, and somebody asked, have you joined Twitter yet? And I said, uh, no, I, I figured it was just uh, the status update of Facebook, and I really didn't want to spend all my time just putting my Facebook status updates on Twitter. Uh, and then I learned that I really didn't understand Twitter, and that was when I, I did get on and I uh, saw the light. <laughs> There is a moment of 140 characters, no, it'll never work, and then you <laughs> kind of see the light. So. Yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, I, I think what attracted me, and then of course has attracted so many people, was the the amount of uh, shared information that really became kind of a news feed. And, um, you know, I, I think with the opening of what, what they're looking at, a high of maybe $45 at the opening a share, um, maybe that proves that there are a lot of other people who see the value in that as well. Twitter broke the story on the capture and death of Osama bin Laden. Twitter's broken a lot of stories similar to that. I, I, they're the, they are the breaking news CNN wants to be, so to speak. And I just throw that out there because that's one of the things that I do with the street. That's one of the things that I do with briefing.com is that they're part of my Twitter feed. And what used to take me hours to prep for Wall Street takes me now seconds and minutes to right. see the stories right. out there. Um, Joe Doe with the street.com, one of your tweets out there, 35% of Americans think China will be dominant economic power in five to seven years. And it's I'm like, hey, that's interesting. Let's, let's follow up on that. Um, so tell me a little bit about this uh, new survey that you started to write about. Right, so the street, uh, in conjunction with GFK North America, did a did a poll, uh, and we found in the survey that uh, a large number, uh, a growing number of Americans believe that China will eventually become or overtake the United States as the world's dominant economic power in five to seven years. In fact, as 36% or a little more than one in every three people felt like China would overcome the U.S. Now, this is important in large part because why do we care if we lose our status as the economic power of the world? Hmm. Well, I, I think we care because, you know, when you have you know, the, the status of dominant economic power, it, uh, it you know, and on many levels it shows that you're part of a country that is um, – is really influencing the way global policy uh, acts, right? So from military to fiscal uh, to 
uh, monetary and and of course business as well. Um, you know, I, I think it is important to remember that this is what people feel like. Uh, this does not mean that in five to seven years that China will overtake the United States. In fact, it's um, almost certainly that they will not. I mean, it was in 2010 that China surpassed Japan as the second largest economy in the world, and for them to overtake the United States, it would. Uh, there's still many, many years ahead. With that said, didn't we kind of have this story in the 80s with Japan being the super superpower, economic powerhouse? They were buying up New York. They were buying the Seattle Mariners. Um, right. Weren't we afraid of Japan at one point in time? And that kind of but capitalism won. With, with, with Japan, you mean? Or, or with yeah, China? yeah. With Japan, and now which will lead to China. You know, it, it's like... Uh... It's like the uh, the joke in the third Back to the Future movie when uh, Doc Brown notes that oh no wonder this part shorted out it's made by the Japanese and and uh, Marty says what are you what are you talking about the Japanese make the best of everything and and that was definitely the discussion in the in the eighties it was like well the the technological improvements that Japan is bringing about uh, put would put it on track for you know possibly overcoming the United States or equaling and of course then you know that didn't happen you know we had the we had the the bubble, the, the, the Japanese, the Asian bubble, financial crisis of the of the two, of the 1990s. Um, the, what's different about China is just the sheer number of people, right? And so, uh, Japan, a much smaller population than the United States, uh, a little more limited in terms of the type of sectors, type of, type of economic sector, sectors that are well developed, and competing on the international stage. In China, uh, it's important to remember kind of a similar thing right now, right? Like, there's the banking system in China is no near what it is in the United States or any of the rest of the developed world. Uh, and that, that is a serious, uh, you know, starting point. Um, you do need a sound financial system uh, to be the base of what is supposed to be economic prosperity. I'm not saying that China won't, you know, be put on that path, but right now, uh, this is a country that's still well behind, uh, especially in a number of the rural areas, some of the developing areas, uh, the rest of the, you know, the Western world uh, that has been, you know, uh, on on track since, you know, post-World War II. I mean, China didn't really have big changes coming about in terms of how they had the economic uh, free market activity until Deng Xiaoping in the early 1980s. Uh, so this is, they're still rather, you know, rather early on in the process of getting to um, the type of markets that we have here in the U.S. and uh, the rest of the developed world. Speaking with Joe Doe from TheStreet.com, TheStreet.com, he's talking about a survey that they've conducted with another partner talking about the differences of China becoming an economic superpower. Part of your poll highlights the difference between what 18 to 34-year-old millennials think versus people 65-plus. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that because that seems to be of interest. Right. Uh, so half of the people over 65 think the U.S. will be the dominant superpower, but only a third, so 35% of 18 to 34-year-olds think the U.S. will be the world's dominant economic power. Um, and and there, there could be a, a few reasons for that. One, people who are over the age of uh, 65 may be, uh, at, at least, in, it may be a bit more financially literate or financially aware uh, of kind of global economic, uh, the, you know, the way the global economy uh, functions and I'm not saying that means the 18 to 30 year olds don't. Of course, many of them do, uh, but a lot of this is perception, right? I mean, there's the perception among uh, younger people that you know China is on the rise, and they absolutely are, um, and that 
but you know that can obviously be perceived a little too much as oh well that means they're just going to eventually overtake us well uh, maybe not in the next again five to seven years whereas on the other hand you have a large number of uh, you know older Americans who've kind of been through you know the the past half you know half century right and they've seen uh, the rise of the United States as an economic power and of course they've seen the the crisis of, of 2008 uh, but they understand that uh, we you know our economy in terms of both its depth uh, and in terms of its intellectual capital, is is uh, still, you know, well ahead of of China. With that said, is this a story of capitalism versus communism, where the U.S. consumer will beat out the communist manufacturing? Or am I stereotyping a little bit too much? Um, I don't. I don't think it's over stereotyping. I think there's there's definitely an element of that. Um, you know, I do think it's important for people to understand that. You know, this isn't this isn't the USSR. Uh, okay. Communism, right? This is this is Chinese uh, uh, free market, you know, open markets with uh, you know with their own characteristics. Um, you do have a one-party ruling system, but it's a one-party ruling system that is very diverse. They don't all agree on on everything, right? Uh, and we've seen that recently in a number of reports coming out of the Politburo. Uh, there are certain sects who don't necessarily agree with other sects about how to move forward with economic development. Um, but it, it it still stands to be a hindrance, right? Uh, when you're talking township village enterprises, SOE state-owned enterprises, it is still a top-down governance as opposed to more entrepreneurial, uh, allowing for the private sector to kind of move along uh, unhindered. Um, is that a bad thing? Um, in some ways, yes, uh, for the obvious reasons that I think most of your listeners have studied before. But there's also, you know, maybe some good to it. There, it does allow for this kind of central planning, right? Um, that, to a point, uh, can be effective. The question is, how long, right? How long can you allow for that to be your economic policy uh, before there are major, major uh, hindrances being put on what you do call, uh, you know, an, a somewhat open uh, market of, of uh, private development? Thanks very much. Is there anything else we need to know about the story that we did not cover? Uh, well, uh, that there are still 59% of Americans who do believe we are currently the economic power, um, which nobody else is even close in terms of our poll. So, but Good. that's interesting. Okay. Thanks for joining us. It's Joe Dell with thestreet.com. You can find him at thestreet.com. You can find him on Twitter. Oddly enough, it's Twitter Day. Joe Dell, and uh, it's. Got that easy-to-read-and-write type of name, D-E-A-U-X, D-E-A-U-X. And talk about China and the ramifications that it has. You know, one thing that you automatically have to take from this is that you just can't invest in the United States anymore, um, whether you like it or not. And there's some cliches out there, like, is China the old-fashioned USSR? No. Can we trust them? I don't think we have anything, but we have to. So you have to have some exposure into, okay, let's say you don't like China. You have to have some exposure into Asia. Or Australia, who does business with China, who does a lot of the tourism with China. Um, it's a big world. It's a flat world. Uh, it's getting flatter all the time. And um, hopefully you don't hurt yourself in your portfolio by limiting yourself in the way you think about how the world truly works and, and operates. 
To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, it's Joe Doe with TheStreet.com. TheStreet.com's got some great articles. I highly recommend educating yourself. The more you know, the better for you. As far as investment decisions go, you got to be informed. Big event tonight coming up on retirement planning tied towards income. It's in San Jose at the airport hotel. You can learn more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.